Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast with Don and Suzanne Manning. Parents, what if we could give you the power to transform your family into something absolutely amazing? A family where everyone is healthy, gets along, loves Jesus, and has great purpose in life. Hey, let us flip your thinking to unlock the power God has given you to create your own Crazy Cool Family. Crazy Cool Family podcast people, do you want to be the most amazing family you could be? The most amazing parents you can be? The most crazy cool family-parents you can be? We have this amazing resource we call Basecamp. What is Basecamp? Basecamp is more than a podcast. It's more than a YouTube video. It's more than a Facebook post. It's more a mem- than a website. Yes. It's more, more, more. It's, it's a <laughs> membership site. It's actually an invitation for you as parents to come in and learn and learn from our 30 plus years of experience when it comes to parenting. It's filled with all sorts of videos about all the things that you need to or you could learn about how to be a crazy cool family. So all you have to do, it's so easy to sign up. It's free. And that's a really good price. and, And you have access. Yeah. You have access to all of our content. Every day, 24-7, on your phone, on your tablet, on your laptop. All you got to do is go to Basecamp.CrazyCoolFamily.com. That is Basecamp.CrazyCoolFamily.com. Don't forget the dots, dot, dot. And it takes two minutes to sign up, and you'll start getting our weekly emails, our weekly Basecamp newsletter emails, as well as have access to all of our courses. You can do it in your small groups. You can do it individually. You can do it with your spouse. Basecamp is the way to learn to be a crazy cool parent. So come on in. Come be a member for free. Yep, we can't wait to connect with you. Hello, crazy cool family people. This is our crazy cool family podcast. We're so excited where you're you're here with us. <laughs> and we are so excited to have our youngest daughter, Mackenzie. Uh, Mackenzie's 24 years old, and we're in our technology series. She's going to give a really cool, unique perspective. So in order to show you kind of how this unique perspective works, let's give a little background. You know, before we go into your job background, you have three younger brothers. And so you watch (laughs) them. Well, so to start off with, I was just going to say that you grew up in the world. We've talked about, you know, we've talked about in the other podcasts about how we are aliens in this technology world, but you are natives. And so now, you know. Yeah, so I was born in 1997, and Gen Z is considered 1995 through 2010. And so I've never had a time, I mean, right when I was born, but who remembers that, (laughs) Um, where I didn't have a screen that was accessible or my parents weren't using screens. And so this terrain that is foreign to the generation above me is now common to my life. But yes, grew up walking through Michael's room as he would play video games and Michael is younger brother and would just 12 1 a.m hear him just yelling at the screen as he's letting <laughs> his emotions out and there's like a few times where I'd be like hey I'm trying to sleep I have like 6 a.m something will you please be quiet uh so grew up in that place seeing him 
play in that space and then yes and now. also you ask him a lot of questions about you. say, you're, you're a conversationalist so you really would sometimes ask him what are you doing mm-hmm. and i just wanted to be around him so i would sit and watch him play a lot or we right. played a lot of nintendo lego anything so i invested and played the games too in right. relationships socially socially so played got access to it there and we played computer games growing up too. So play was not just here's a toy, let me play with mm-hmm. it, but there was play in screens. Well, and now what I wanted to point out is that you have a uh, you're getting your master's in counseling mm-hmm. at the University of Arkansas, but um, you did it. You you were doing an internship, which has now turned into a full time position, mm-hmm. counseling, coaching. Uh, Coaching, yes, yes, yes. exactly. I've, heard, I've learned the difference between those terms. <laughs> and uh, but you coach students, mm-hmm. uh, in particular, where you're at is in the engineering department. Yeah. Um, and freshmen generally, is that what you're? Yeah, freshmen, about? sophomores, juniors, seniors, okay. any of them, all of them. I okay. talk to and talking about how they're spending their time, how they're studying, study habits, things like that, and. Oftentimes we'll sit down with their weekly schedule and say, okay, when are you doing what? And then the conversations of video games often comes up because these students are spending their time there. So unique in that you're a 24-year-old who who talks to a lot of freshmen, sophomores, juniors, seniors, boys in particular, probably Mm -hmm. the majority because they're engineering students. Mm -hmm. And you talk a lot about their lives and the impact of technology on their lives. Well, and the ones, the students that you're seeing are the ones that might be in trouble. Like there's a little bit of a red flag and that they're, Mm -hmm. maybe they didn't pass a Mm -hmm. test or they they didn't, they're not doing well. And so the teacher has contacted you and said, hey, talk to the student. Yeah. Yeah. There's a definitely a mixed bag, but those are a lot of the students that I've talked to video games about specifically right. because okay. they're, yeah. And so what, like, what is the time frame that these freshmen are coming in that you're seeing that are playing? Mm-hmm. So video games and technology feel like they are a little bit different okay. because video games is more of a hobby where technology is every time my phone goes off, I stop yeah, it's doing a my lifestyle. homework. Yeah, and yeah. it's a distraction mm-hmm. conversation more than I spend 15 hours a day playing video games. Those are <laughs> Which different. also I have happens, conversa- right? Yeah, like I have conversations yeah. like that, but actually a lot more of my conversations this semester has been, I don't know how to put my phone down. I just yeah. want to look at anything that it has to offer. It's way more entertaining than the school that I'm working on. So I wow. do homework for five minutes and then I get a text and then I look on social media for 30 and then I look up and my day's gone because I haven't yeah. done anything that I need to do. So there's just like this craving entertainment and screens that is not just in video game form, but all students are affected by that. I have an array of students that are affected by video games, but every student I talk to, I ask... It's affected by technology. Yeah, I ask, hey, what are you distracted by? Your phone. Okay, what can you do to put your phone away? Mm -hmm. And they're like, I don't know. And you're like, what do you mean you don't know? So I just want to kind of tee up the podcast with that, is that... so. Mackenzie has a unique perspective, parents, that we want you to hear because she yes. not only has had younger brothers and has been immersed in technology, but she also sees a lot of a lot more than I would say the average college student does not see hundreds of or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. lots of college students come through and, and, and see about their impact, help them with their schedules and see. And these also the habits that she's talking about. Mm-hmm. The reason that they're relevant to you, parents, is because they're developing right now in right. your kids. Yeah. They're, these are the habits that they are developing right now so that when they get to college, 
these kids are struggling with things because they have not developed certain habits. And we want to see just how technology has an impact on relationships, on how they're doing school, on their quality of life, on how they're developing. And, and one of the things we're going to talk about is there's, it's not all bad. You know, technology and video games are not all bad. It, there is good. And, and how do you direct your kids towards the good? So well, I'm curious to know, Kins, when you talk to these students, do they say um, that I had a household where we didn't use technology or we didn't play games at all? And so it was a free for all when they got to college and they felt like, you know, Katie, bar the door. I'm going to play all that I want. Or did their parents you know, do you understand what I'm saying? That they like you. What like were the guidelines for yeah, most did they of the come, kids? Did, have they come in with these habits in place and they're just mm-hmm. going crazy with them, or were there no habits in mm-hmm. place? Do you guys talk about yeah. that? So we don't go into that a ton unless they're freshmen coming fresh from high school, right? As much, but there definitely is a. My parents were on everything I did, and so now I'm in college and I have no motivation. That's more the conversation that we have. Um, which I think ties into, yeah, I can just sit on my phone because for five it, was hours that because they were never, they never had to motivate themselves because their parents were always supplying the motivation. Is that what you're saying? I would say motivation has so many different forms. Right. And right. there is the external versus internal motivation. And their parents created the environment of you have to do your homework. You have to go to class. You have to do these things. And they're now, high school teachers. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it yeah, just looked different. All the pieces of it. And then you go to college and you have five classes that are different times and a ton of time on your hands. And so if you don't know how to not be babysat in high school, then you don't know how to own your days. Yeah. Yeah, So really they're so they have trouble establishing their own patterns because Mm -hmm. they never learned it when they were in uh, maybe middle school and high school. Yeah. And they would spend, I don't know what their high school experience is like unless I asked them, but they'd also just spend their days looking at their phone at that place in high school doing the homework in class and then turning it in which college is just a whole different place of mm-hmm. learning because you have to truly understand it and a lot of students i'm talking to have never had to understand it they just get told the information and then do it but that's not about technology so let's right yeah 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 hold it back in yeah 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 well i mean i'm just curious like not only so we've got three different groups here we got yourself mm-hmm. and your friends and, and you know maybe i also think Technology has a distinctly um, male-female thing because, mm-hmm. you know, males tend to be, although it's changing a little bit, I'm hearing, mm-hmm. more uh, video game oriented. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, females are more social oriented, but every kid mm-hmm. is immersed in technology. I love the difference between video games and technology. And but, knowing that, yeah. But, you know, what would you say is um, how are you seeing those three groups, you know, maybe the affected by technology and what would you say are some characteristics you're seeing yeah i would say people who have healthy perspectives of technology use it for what it's used for and so for me technology is a space of communication it's a place of helping me in my life to be more effective and more efficient and it help it is a helper to me and like listening to podcasts, like mm-hmm. you're educated by it and you're, yeah. so you're organized by it, you're educated by mm-hmm. it. And you connect with people by it. Yes. Yeah, for sure. It is the means to communicate, like to get into person, in personal or personal conversation. And so with that healthy, are, are you connecting with people more through texting? Is that would be your, what would be your primary motives, primary methods mm-hmm. to communicate through technology? The primary method is, hey, when are we going to hang out this time? Cool. See you there. That's like the extent of my conversations, unless it's with someone who 
I'm not around them for a long time, then it's a, hey, thought about you. How are you? Mm-hmm. Voice memo conversation. Hey, let's set up a time to FaceTime so we can really talk. Then time set apart to get to be as present as we can. Then back to the feel real world. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and what I think is crazy too with your um, generation, you guys don't talk on the phone. Mm-mm. Like you, like with you, you text a, an appointment to see face to face, but we don't like, we were just talking about that. Like our mother's, talk on the phone and our mm-hmm. grandmothers talk on the phone but mm-hmm. we don't anymore and so that's just even a shift in the technology of the telephone versus the technology of today mm-hmm. with texting and emails and calendar setups and all mm-hmm. the different things that they have now yeah so then going to that other category of students or people who are playing video games right that then taps more into a social outlet an emotional outlet a brain space mm-hmm. to get to cognitively engage with something more than just a toy it's in like true even knows certain things just because true it's our two and a half year old grandson that yeah. is madeline's child not right. my own <laughs> but uh he knows things that we never taught him because of screens and tv shows and things like that so people in our generation are learning things that they've never seen in real life because of these outlets that come through technology uh and then also just a motivational thing too, is you're motivated in trying to beat a game or do something that some people have never done before. Do you think that um, when you look at the universe you see, which, you know, again, is a larger universe than most people, most 24 year old Mm -hmm. young ladies see, Mm -hmm. would you say that parents being really strict with technology works better or is it really lax with technology and the rules or would it be more in the middle? And yeah. what would you say is a, if, if a parent comes to you and says, Mackenzie, you're seeing all these people, mm-hmm. how should I deal with my 12 year old? Yeah. With healthy technology? boundaries. Yeah. How would yeah. you, what, yeah. what are healthy? So I don't know all the answers to this, but I would you've never been a parent. Yeah. I've never, never <laughs> been a parent and never talked to everyone in the whole world. Um, but I would say the first thing is figure out the culture that your student is in and realize, okay, this is normal for you. Like technology is a normal for you it's not a normal for me so your normal will look different than my normal mm-hmm. especially if I'm basing it off my childhood so first knowing yourself in the assumptions that you're coming into and then second get to know your kid and learn why they love what they love my uh, my husband is of loves to video game and I was asking him the other day I was like why why are you playing this right, game and right. he was like I just get to control everything like I can <laughs> I can like decide oh, how much I do this level or I don't do it and everything else in my yeah. life feels really chaotic right now and but he's an engineer and yeah. he likes order <laughs> yeah and so, he's like yes. I just get to like I get to just do it and so then time flies by because I'm just getting to do everything and so your kid might be feeling out of control in the mm-hmm. setting that you've put them in and they you That's might be good. controlling everything for them but when they play this game they get to lose they get to win they get to do everything so that might be something that you can start implementing of, okay, now you get to choose. Like you get to decide what we do here. You mean implement it in other in areas real of life. their life. Yeah, in <laughs> other areas. Because, and then seeing that space as a similar to play in other places, it's an opportunity for the kid, the person to express themselves. Well, and, and I'm interested to see, that. you know, I was reading just the other day about what they're calling the metaverse, which mm-hmm. means that, you know, what basically means that 
over time, technology is going to be trying to replicate more and more of real life. Mm -hmm. And that's what they try to do in video games. Oh, and sure. so they want you to be, I mean, the metaverse they were talking about, you know, where you're going to get to travel to Europe and it'll be, you'll, you'll smell things and you'll, you know, the, as they make technology mm -hmm. more and more quote unquote real. Yeah. Um, as you see in your environment, when you see that, um, you know, that escape mm -hmm. versus reality, um, you know, Technology's fun. We get to we get to escape the real world and we get to play in a, in a. How do parents deal with that? Because it is a fun world. It's a mm -hmm. world they can control. Mm -hmm. Versus, and how do they make maybe? How would parents? How would you suggest that it, that parents could make it where they compete with that world? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest challenges is seeing it as a competition and thinking it's you against social media are you against video games are you against but whenever you go against it there's a like you're going kind of against your kids desires well, it's a barrier yeah, yeah. You set up but it's not a connection anymore it's a yeah. yeah and so how do you go with it because that's the direction it's going in so you don't want kids to look up 15 years from now and be like oh my goodness i didn't do anything that other student kids were doing so there's not a connection there and there's all of this new technology development that I have no connection to. Right. And so all the places that your kids are going to step into work-wise, they're going to have already known these technologies. And so there's a piece of how do I teach you how to learn these systems without having these systems own you or mm. even learn you. You know, it's figuring out or having these systems speak into you and defining you and all of these different things because there's so many different voices that are coming from these platforms. That's good. So figuring out, yeah, how yeah. to, how to. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Even that, like the, the visual of that, instead of putting the wall up, but going with them and teaching them that this is a part of your life. Mm -hmm. It's not your life, you know, and that this is, how this is how it's a part of your life mm -hmm. and not this is how it's part of your life yeah and it's like if any parent 50 years ago or 100 years ago stopped all technology development for their kids then where would this kid be today you know it's like oh it's cars kind of crazy like they, you could like get in <laughs> we're not going to use those right, they're yes. like it's pretty exactly. which is so different washing machine bad technology <laughs> in yeah. that space but similar to okay there's this new mm -hmm. video game platform and this is how you do it okay how do you work with your kid to understand this so they're not an alien in this territory but still going on a hiking trip with them you know and right. making oh, like nature be something that is an awe-inspiring place more than technology because i feel like that's what happens especially if you live in a city and you're not around nature there's awe comes through these virtual worlds but mm. take them to the grand canyon and be like have you seen this before this is way better right. than anything you've ever experienced and Vir on a screen wow. yeah yeah and not being afraid of the world developing more and more technology that's as real as real life because at the end of the day, the real life is the part that God's breathed into and is beautiful. And mm -hmm. all the other things are just a nice image. Simulation. <laughs> of yeah. the reality of what God well, actually and, created. And That's parents, I think that, you know, one of the things I want us to get out of that is because we're, um, you know, the technology is so prevalent, mm -hmm. um, sometimes the real world experiences are diminished in mm -hmm. a kid's brain. Or, yeah. you know, oh my goodness, you know, we're out, you know, we're... The classic thing is, you know, you're driving down the road on vacation and you're like, look out, look at the pretty scenery, whatever, mom. Yeah, you know, it's up. like, yeah. yeah, exactly. But 
but we need to continue to fight for that. You know, we need to continue to to fight for real life experiences and not fight against technology, but just realize, hey, there's I love it the way you put it. There's there's more to life than just technology. There's more to life when technology is becomes our life. I think that really leads to some of these unhealthy boundaries and, mm-hmm. and some of the ways that screens are affecting it negatively. Yeah. You know, I want to get into a little bit before the podcast, we were talking about there's a lot of studies and things on the negative effect on technology. Mm-hmm. And we let's talk about those a little bit. But also there's also things where we're seeing some positive effects of technology as well. Mm-hmm. What would you say are some of those things you're learning about negative and positive effects of technology on on young people? Yeah, it's something that I definitely want to get more into and have heard about, looked into a few different studies. So I'm not an expert, everyone beware. Um, we are someday. Yeah. someday. Someday you will be. Someday I might be. But the DSM is the way that the psychologists identify different disorders. And there's a lot of talk about putting gaming into that. The, as a disorder. As a disorder. As a form of addiction. So it's one oh, of the yeah, only other behavioral addictions that is in there, similar to like substance abuse or things like that, because they're seeing a lot of similarities between the effects of it on our brains. Mm. Um, so that's like one piece that's... And like, any parent who's tried to pull their kid away from a video game can, yeah. feel, that. <laughs> can feel like why that's addiction. Yeah, Because they sure. get so frustrated with that because they can mm-hmm. get so addicted. When you look at that, why does it... I think we all agree that it can be addictive. Mm-hmm. What is it that makes it addictive? Have you seen anything in that that of the yeah. why? I think it's definitely the dopamine and the effect of oh, I just won this, or oh, I lost this, but I could win this the next mm-hmm. round. Or just like that, Parker said, I control it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. or, or it's just some space I can mm-hmm. go to get away from the world. Yeah, and that's what any other addiction is, is it's a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I've that's learned good. about a lot is like coping is like eating. Like everyone has to learn how to do it. And so it depends on if you eat a Twicker, uh, like a Snickers or... Uh, Apple, you know, it's yeah. the difference yes. between how are you going to cope? Are you going to cope with video games or are you going to cope with going on a walk, going on a walk or yeah. calling your mom or like, or if it's from calling your mom, you could, <laughs> <laughs> it's learning, like coping is everyone has it. Everyone does it. And so learning how to do it healthily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but you're saying that there's also, um, it's could be a disorder, but also they're seeing some healthy benefits mm-hmm. of, and they're starting to study more about how technology really can help us mm-hmm. be better people. Yeah, and one of the biggest forms is socially. I mean, socially in person is obviously preferred, but there is an aspect of, oh, I go home, I'm gonna play video games with some of my friends because that's where they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've sat with multiple students. Some students are like, yes, I have really good friends. And then some that are shocked by whenever people go off offline and they become friends with this random person they didn't really know but became friends with them and then they don't really know how to deal with that grief of okay this person was my friend and now they've been offline for 15 years I'm never going to talk to them again you know like it's that space of grief that you don't really think about but because they're not a real friendship you feel shamed to feel grief about losing this friend 
from this platform. So it just feels like a really interesting environment. Well, and I just even feel like that. I think that there's a piece of it that is, it's real. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a real community. There's real connection. Like right. Maddox will say, or McCade will say, that they were playing a game with somebody that they went to elementary school with, mm -hmm. you know, or middle school with, that they right. haven't talked to in forever. And they would never have talked and to they, And they probably never will, mm -hmm. because they right. don't even live in the same, you know, community, t yeah. real community, not, yeah. you know, virtual community. Mm -hmm. And that it's a way for them to even stay connected with them. Mm -hmm. And so to them, to them, that is real relationship. Mm -hmm. That is, yeah. like you said, they, they would grieve it if something happened. It's a real live mm -hmm. relationship. And to us, that just feels foreign. Mm -hmm. It just, it's, I mean, to me, it almost feels imaginary and pretend, yeah. but that's not at all mm -hmm. how you, this generation sees whatever video games or even social mm -hmm. media, it's mm -hmm. real. Yeah. Which if you've never, if you don't know, how do you memorize the right coin by studying the real one? You know, like how do you right, see if it's right. the wrong one? It's by yeah. studying the real one. And yeah, mm. which with that, we're going back to positive effects. Those are the like other sides to the relationships, but also emotionally, like, it's a space to play is kids. As language. Michael will do, yell, like you said, yeah, yell, at, express. yell at the screen. He had all these emotions inside of him. If he doesn't have any other place to express them, it would either be on the, football field or in his video game space and learning that play is kids language and toys are their words we talked about that in a podcast before mm -hmm. and that is what you see in video games is that's a form of play and so this what's happening there is bringing out the emotions that are inside of them and you can tell whenever the child is losing they yeah. express their loss and when they win they express their excitement that's healthy <laughs> it's yeah. healthy to express those things and not bottle them all in so if your kids yelling at the screen don't yell at them back instead go sit down <laughs> with them and be like what's happening like what's going yeah. on oh yeah. you're feeling anger right now i can really see that in you yeah. what happened or if you're competing against them and you beat them again and again and again it's like oh like this is hard for you because i'm older and this is like just expressing letting it be a specific expression and don't you feel like that so let's take that you know the kid is experiencing a video game and the parents seem to do one of two things mm -hmm. they either one stop yelling at the machine oh my goodness you're yeah. cr you're a crazy person you know <laughs> demeaning him for doing that mm -hmm. or you're playing too much video games. This is all it is is a game. What are you, you know, devaluing the importance of that mm -hmm. game? Um, what do you think, uh, you know, and, and it really comes down to just the question. So those are two things I think that are negative things that parents are doing that mm -hmm. are causing that alienation. But, you know, kind of the question we have here is, what would you say to parents about technology? So the parent comes to you, says, mm -hmm. I have a seven-year-old, I have a 12-year-old, I have a 15-year-old, I have a 17-year-old, whatever it is. How do I handle technology? I know you're not a parent, but I mean, based on what you know so far and your, your ears to the ground, so to speak, mm -hmm. what would you tell them? Some principles of, oh, do this and don't do this. Yeah, I would say identify what they are for instead of what they're not for. So identify for the parents to identify yeah. what they are for, not the yeah. kid. But like the technology that their child is using, what is it for and what is it not for? Mm. And so the phone is used to communicate. It's to do this. It's not used to look at pornography. It's not used to mm. like play video games for 15 hours. And so we as a family are going to try to have our screen time be down to this much. And 
It's put not, your boundaries around it. Yeah. This is what it's used for. Even though it can do this, our family uses it for just this. Yeah, so put setting some intention behind it instead of just assuming that they are going to figure it out by themselves. Even if they are figuring out technology that you've never used before, having them teach you and becoming a student to them in that space too could be really helpful to... I think, and, and Suzanne, you've done a great job of that. And you may want to jump in with this. We've said it before, but I think it's worth repeating here is that you jump in with technology with your boys in particular right now by just asking them questions, right? Yeah, because I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> and so what are you, oh, what what is that? How do you do that? What does that look like? Like McCade will, you know, take a picture of himself halfway upside down. I'm like, okay, help me understand. Like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Who are you sending that to? What is that? But but don't you think, don't you see other moms, and dads too? I mean, you don't maybe see other dads, <laughs> but I mean, the other moms you're talking to, that instead of asking, they're either fearful to ask because they're right. fearful that they'll appear stupid mm -hmm. or, or their kid will make fun of them or whatever, or they um, uh, get angry about it because they don't understand it, or they try to control it more. So speak into that for the moms as we're trying to help Mackenzie answer this question. What, if, what, if, what would you say to parents about technology? How, what, what's the effect of that versus what you're seeing with other moms? Right, and so, so if you research all the, the social media things, if that's what you're talking about, if you research all the games and stuff, then you are gonna come up on the negative side of it. And so I just think that we, and we've said it in probably every single podcast so far, it's a connection between you and your kid. Mm -hmm. So connect with your kid about it. Find out why they want that technology, what they're doing with it, where, how it's going to be used, mm -hmm. what, and then create the boundaries for it together. I mean, and that's where it, it's instead of avoiding it, instead of not letting them live in this technology world, which they are going to live in, whether you say yes or no, they will. They will find a way. They mm -hmm. will go through the back door. They will have a, a, a secret account, if you will. And so the whole goal is, for that not to happen, right. but instead to keep those lines of communication open and to constantly pursue your child. What's that? What are you doing? Sh teach it to me. Show it to me. Do I need one? Do I need a Snapchat? Do I need a Facebook? Do I need a Twitter? Do I need, you know, these Instagram? What, you know, and I think one join them in their world. I want to hear more from you as well, Kenzie, but I think I would kind of summarize that. Anger is going to anger and is going to lead to them hiding. Mm -hmm. And and the more you're angry with about technology, the more you're going to drive them into hiding uh, versus inviting them in, understanding um, still maybe some hiding. I, I, I think that every teenager has this relationship with their parents where there's going to be some degree of hiding, you know, but. But if you want to minimize that, you do those things Suzanne's talking about with connecting. What else? And they would... don't want to hide. I mean, they they don't want to hide that from you. Mm -hmm. They want you to be safe. They want to share it with you. They just don't want you to be angry with them if you've dis if they've disappointed you. Mm -hmm. Right. And so they're they're yeah. What else would you say to those parents? Yeah, kind of going back to something I said earlier. Tool technology is a tool, mm -hmm. and similar to a hammer or a screwdriver or something like that, you have to learn how to use it and when to use it in order for it to be its most effective. So although these tools are fancy, at the end of the day, it's just glass and metal, you know, and yeah, some right. other things, but that's what it is. And it's not meant to be a stumbling block. It's meant to be something to help in life and teaching your child when to be attuned to, oh, this is now becoming a stumbling block. I am not 
my best self whenever I do this, this, and this on this. And similar to like, if I hit my head with the hammer, it's not going to be the most effective or helpful for my life, you know? And like, although the technology has changed and it's more fancy at the end of the day, it's kind of the same idea. That's good. Yeah. So as I said, before we wrap this up, I just want to say the word that as you were talking, Mackenzie, a word that came to mind that I want to share with you guys is um, the word success. When we're all wired, we want to be successful. We want Mm -hmm. to have success. We want what we do to be successful. And sometimes in this world, um, like our kids, they're not successful at spelling or they're not successful at math or maybe they're not successful at sports and they just are not having a whole lot of successful places. And I tell Dawn all the time, I just want him to be successful. I just want my child to have, you know, McCade's playing football and I just want him to get a couple good plays in each game so that he feels successful. And so that's where this world, this this gaming world or technology world, they get these hits of success all the time. And yeah. so it's feeding them or they get unsuccess. But so then they're hungry for more to get success. Mm-hmm. And so as parents, how you balance that out is you create opportunities for them to be successful. Mm-hmm. You know, you go on a bike ride that's hard or you, you know, you serve a neighbor that's that makes you them feel good or you, you know, give them a task to take out the trash and they do it and you tell them how amazing they are. And so try to balance those scales with their getting fed by this technology. What is it that we can do in the real world to mm-hmm. feed them so they can feel like a success? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Any final thoughts? The world that is uh, technological is as real to them. It's, like, it is real to some extent. And so just yeah. know that too. But there, I want to look into more studies about the difference between people's ability to distinguish reality and lack of reality but if the same day that they were cognitive they were able to look at a screen that world is a similar world to the one that they're in so give them as many experiences as possible in the real world around the real world like for example yeah set the boundary of okay we're not going to look at the phone in the car unless we're for one hour like for only one hour or something because sitting on the screens forever is then making that more of a reality. If they spend more of their day wow. on reality than wow. in their actual space playing with real life toys. And kids really do want to play with toys. Like buy them toys and let them play with them because yes. they are helpful for them to express and process. <clears throat> so that's just, that's but you, you're doing a great job. Like you, <laughs> this is a complex new place yeah. and you are an alien in comparison to them being a native and everything that you do they'll either it'll work or won't work and that's okay too Mm -hmm. yeah i want to wrap it up with this and as we kind of land this plane here mackenzie thank you so much for being with us Mm -hmm. you're tremendously insightful with um in life in general but in in this case within we we always mackenzie's a wise 24 for sure Mm -hmm. in so many ways but um you notice we didn't talk about a lot of hey here's your rule for this or here's the way you impact this a lot of it feels like this podcast and, and a lot of them are a lot of kind of um, general, not generalities, but just more principle centered because parents, you got to learn how to attack this in your family in a unique way. Mm-hmm. You have unique kids. Mm-hmm. You know, you may have a kid that is not succeeding in anything in life and having mm-hmm. them succeed at a video game might be the best thing for them. Yeah. Or you may have a child who is totally addicted to video games and you've got to treat it differently and you got to mm-hmm. restrict things. And, you know, every kid, every family, everybody's different. And that's why, going back to Suzanne, it's just, it's about connection. 
it's it's about not shutting them out. It's about creating. You know, we talk in Crazy Cool Family about being a safe haven, right. about being a place where your kid can come talk to you about things, mm-hmm. even such things as like, oh, you know, I, I remember having a conversation with one of my boys. Hey, Dad, I've looked at some things I shouldn't look at. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to just punch him and go, oh, God, why could you do that? But yet, hey, it's an open door. And now we got to have the conversations. And now we got, you know, we can start down the path. And And there's going to be times that it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Just keep the faith. Keep pursuing it. Keep the open relationship. And watch technology become your friend Mm -hmm. rather than your enemy. And that's what we want. It's here Technology's here, it's not going away. It, the metaverse is coming. I mean, all this electric <laughs> cars coming. are coming. It just keeps on coming. Let's figure out how to connect with our kids and, and bring technology in as a friend rather than be it something that's gonna create barriers in our relationship and something that's gonna push our kids away. So we'll continue on and hopefully you've gotten some great insight out of that. And so until next time, we thank you for being here. As always, go be crazy, parents. Go be crazy with technology. (laughs) (laughs) CrazyCoolFamily.com.